Hey guys, it's Maya and I just wanted to jump on here and promote my takes Instagram really quick because we're doing a lot of fun things. I'm doing more posts, more stories, and I also have to say I've started a new series called The Bottom Shelf and it's video reviews, IGTV video reviews, and I think they're super fun and they're all on the Instagram. So go follow my take on social media and specifically on Instagram at underscore my take. Maya back again, guys. I have one more update for y'all. My Take now has a Patreon. I'm trying to expand the My Take community and also expand my earnings a little bit by creating a Patreon. We have three tiers, and in the top tier, we're actually starting a My Take book club. So anybody who joins, we're going to be reading a book together a month, and there's going to be monthly live streams and Discord benefits. So I'd really, really, really appreciate it if you could go check it out. The link is in the show notes. So this is a, another Books That Made Me Do It book, but this one definitely lived up to the hype. I finally, finally got around to reading The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo by Taylor Jenkins Reid. And for those of you who don't know, which I don't know anybody who won't know because it feels like the entire freaking world of Bookstagram and Booktube and everybody has read this book, but... It follows Evelyn Hugo, who has like this journey and she becomes this major star in Hollywood and she ends up having seven different marriages and you see how she used these marriages to her advantage and it wasn't like she was just really shit at falling in love, like there actually kind of some strategy to them and you just like see her life throughout Hollywood and all these different marriages and it's a really cool story of like fame and Hollywood and what it has to do to succeed back in that time and I really liked it. I was scared I wasn't going to like it because of all of the hype and also I was scared that because it was set in like I think it starts out in the 50s that it was going to be written kind of like historical fiction and I didn't want it to be written like historical fiction because sometimes I feel like historical fiction reads a little slow to me but it wasn't it was written perfectly well and so it was really good and I really liked it and I have to shout out the girls of Shelf Indulgence Book Club which is a book club that I went on Instagram and we kind of like died out a little bit like we read this as our first book and then died out and we never had like a full-on conversation about this one either so it's like kind of the perfect book club for me because I feel like if I was in a book club that met every month it would be a lot of work but this was actually like kind of perfect and those girls like we never even talked I don't even know them very well but I just like they hold a special place in my heart because I'm like we all went on this like failed experience together and it was great and so I have to shout out you guys if any of you are listening to this because I finally got around to reading this book because of you guys so yeah books tv music and movies all things that make a big impact on everyone I'm constantly gushing about my latest reads anyone who will listen so I figured I'd turn my rambling into something coherent that people will actually listen to which means no tuning out halfway through. I am Maya Ghosh, and this is my take. always with a book we're going to start with a little bit on the writing and the writing was really good like I said in the intro I was a little scared it was going to be more historical fiction because it's set in the 50s but it's not in the beginning it's interesting because it's a little like Gatsby like because it's Evelyn's story but definitely in the beginning we have Monique as our principal narrator for a while and speaking of Monique I love her and she's mixed race so I love the mixed race representation in that but it's interesting to see that dynamic because we eventually see Evelyn's point of view when we start talking about her actually in the past from recounting her marriages. 
but it's interesting to see how like we start with this titular character of Evelyn Hugo but we're not actually seeing her perspective in the present day we're seeing somebody else's perspective and that is actually really interesting how their stories are intertwined I mean it's kind of like now that I know how their stories intertwined I was a little less shocked like I wasn't super shocked when we found out how they were connected but it was interesting to see that like mystery drawing you in because I didn't feel like it needed that mystery people were just like here to talk about her husband's but it definitely like added a certain level of drama having the narrator actually be a fully fleshed out dynamic character with that too and so I really like seeing Evelyn's point of view though too because I feel like you can't really do it justice if you just have Monique talking about it it's like cool to see how you start with Monique and then like you can clearly see like what they would do in a movie where you start and then it kind of like the screen ripples or whatever and you get you know back to the past and Evelyn's actually in the story and the really interesting chapter I think my one of my favorite chapters was her marriage to Mick Riva told from like a you point of view it's kind of like a how-to on how to get a man to marry you in Vegas which was really interesting and so I like that we like switched and that was something I picked up on I was like oh now we're talking about you because she's doing it and she's like you have to do this you have to do that you have to make sure you're following these steps if you want it to work and you really see like the tactical strategic side of Evelyn's brain so that was really interesting, and I liked the writing a lot. I think it was great. I'm very excited to read more of Taylor Jenkins Reid's books now because I have been sleeping on her a little bit, and so now that I've read one, I feel like I need to read more. So now we're going to get into the plot, and starting like right before her marriages, we see Evelyn demand Monique to do the story and that it's actually going to be a book. And like I said, that dynamic was really interesting because there's this central tension of like, yes, I would read just her with her husband's but you're like what is going on why is she demanding it like how is it going to play out you know and so that's definitely really interesting and like just seeing that is cool and then we get her marriage with Ernie and honestly I forgot after we got through a couple more marriages that Ernie was even a thing I was counting on my head I was like okay we're at like six so we've got like one more or no I was like oh we've got like four so we have like three more and then we only had two more and I was like oh shit like Ernie is also a marriage because it's so much in her past and it's like once you see all the other crazy shit she goes through like the stuff that she did with Ernie like kind of mellows out a little bit like it's not good obviously because like her mom died and her father was an abusive drunk which like fuck him and so she really really wants to go to Hollywood so under like the guise of marriage she trades her virginity for a ticket to LA with Ernie which really fucking sucks because she's like 14 at the time or something she's like definitely too young to be doing this and shouldn't be having to do all of this just to escape like her abusive father and to pursue her dreams so it really sucks and then you get to see her in Hollywood like continue to trade her body and I hated this like it made sense because it's all she had and it's how you have to get ahead sometimes or not sometimes but it's like one way to get ahead is to use the advantages that she had and she had the advantage of being very beautiful and so it really sucked that this was what she was had to resort to because she shouldn't have had to do that but it makes sense that she had to do that because it just it, it makes sense if you think about the wider scheme of the world right like nobody should be very surprised and it also is interesting to see her very early on in Hollywood because she's having to work past racial biases as a Cuban American to finally get a role and you see how she becomes and kind of creates the character of Evelyn Hugo and eventually leaves Ernie and is doing it on her own but that's one of the really interesting things is because it's not you see how she has to whitewash herself to be able to 
pursue her dreams and it's not like when she's able to pursue her dreams she steps back and becomes more cuban-american she has to stay whitewashed if she wants to stay in this community because it's 1950s hollywood like she's never going to have that space for herself and so it's really interesting thinking about the place that we are in now with movies and tv and we have like ava duvernay and her array crew pushing for more black representation in movies and all facets of movies right especially in like producing and directing stuff and that's amazing and we see mindy kaling doing stuff with never have it ever and the asian american community specifically the south asian american community and indian community and we're seeing like the like john m chu and crazy rich asians and that push for like more not traditional Asian, but what you would think of as Asian representation. And so it's really interesting to see the place we're in now where people are embracing their culture and creating a space for themselves as opposed to the place where Evelyn was in, where she had to step away from her culture. And I hated seeing like how when she was on set, I don't remember where, but she was on set and she had somebody who was speaking Spanish and she spoke Spanish, but instead of doing that, she like really emphasized her white accent and her American accent, it was, like, trying to be very white, and I was like, no, like, speak Spanish with the locals, like, embrace your culture, because I've been born and raised in a society where I've been allowed, living in the Bay Area and living in this time period, to be like, no, I am mixed race, I'm going to embrace my culture, I'm going to embrace both halves, I don't need to pick one, right, so I'm coming from this very privileged position, so for me, I'm always, like, pushing for people to, like, embrace your culture, embrace your space, like, make a space for yourselves, stand up and be like, no, this is who I am, and so it sucks to, like, see her doing that but again it makes sense because she has to do that because that's her method of survival she has no other way to survive so her thing with Ernie is very interesting in the backstory and how it like sets her up for her life but it's definitely like the least interesting of her marriages because then we go to Don Adler and it's initially a PR stunt that turns into a real thing and he like proposes at this movie premiere and it sucks how far downhill it goes because initially it's like great and fun and then after two months his star is declining well hers is rising and you know he's a 1950s man and can't deal with that bullshit so he decides to become or not decides he just becomes abusive and is terrible and horrible to her and I fucking hate him for it because it's so stupid but then because of that like Evelyn and Celia start hanging out and they make a deal to help each other out and become friends and so I love like that dynamic and you see that start of it and then the interesting thing with this was you really see Evelyn start to take shape with her like this is a almost a game that has to be played and I was actually really intrigued by that because it sucked how much it like took out of Evelyn especially further down the road with Celia but it was interesting to see because, like, I'm a huge Survivor fan, right? I'm here for the strategy. I'm here for the, like, how are we going to do this? How are we going to maneuver our way out of this? Like, I love Scandal and the how to get away with murder where you're, like, manipulating the press. Like, I wouldn't want to live that life because it's too stressful. But it's really interesting to see. And so I was very here for it because her maid, like, selling the story that she's the root of all evil in the house, which, like, fuck her maid because her maid saw the bruises and should not have sold that story. But this goes into, like the faking a miscarriage to garner sympathy and like I said really liked seeing this aspect of it but then starts to suck because it takes a bigger role on her relationships which one of which is her relationship with Celia and she like has complete trust with Celia so we see the start of their relationship and then after the Little Women premiere we find out that Dawn is cheating and Celia is gay so she kisses Celia and catches Dawn cheating and leaves him and then Dawn gives her 
money and the house and the divorce in exchange for blackballing her in Hollywood, which is nice for a little bit because it gives her the freedom to pursue things with Celia, but also really sucks because you see at her core, like Evelyn really wants to be this movie star and is still at that time in her life where she's very like, she's very Slytherin. She is a Slytherin. And so she's very like, I need to pursue, pursue my dreams and push my star and I haven't done enough and I need to keep doing more. So it sucks that that's like, She's in this weird place, especially in her Dawn relationship, where this whole new thing is happening with Celia, but also there's this, like, she's still so driven and still needs that validation from Hollywood that it's, like, it's it's a very interesting dynamic how they're all playing together. I'm, like, waving my hands around trying to, like, make, like, connections and stuff, and you totally can't see it, but it's, like, very weird because I'm, like, my hands are... I talk with my hands, but also, like... They're, they're going a little crazy right now because I'm trying to like weave connections with my hands. Anyways, I digress. Third up, we have Evelyn's marriage to McRiva. And like I said, this is the really interesting one because she goes to France to do this movie and she makes like one of her best career decisions ever where she is like supposed to be topless in the scene and they cut it right before you like see her boobs. So everybody's like, oh, holy shit, the scandal, the intrigue, we have them wanting more. It's very like how to be a heartbreaker kind of vibes in this part because it's like um what's the line number two oh yeah rule number four kiss them goodbye at the door and leave them wanting more or whatever like that part I'd like that song was playing in my head during this time but things are on the rise because of that movie and because Harry finally leaves Sunset Studios and is working with Evelyn but a paper ends up writing a story about Evelyn and Celia so she plans to use Mick who's like this huge giant fan of hers as a distraction and so this is where the interesting part happens because she's like I need to get him to marry me as a distraction because if you just are seen hooking up it's like not a thing but the marriage becomes this whole thing so she's like seducing him and she's like oh let's it would be fun to go to Vegas and bet and stuff and they're super lucky and he's like oh let's like get a hotel room she's like oh I thought you knew like I'm super traditional I don't like sleep with people unless we're married so then it was actually really interesting how she was like talking about it she's like they like got married and then she was like you have to make sure it's like really sucks because otherwise he's going to want to do it again and it's not going to get annulled and like whatever so this is really interesting how she does that and she's like thinking five steps ahead and he wakes up and he does annul the marriage but because of it Evelyn ends up pregnant and Celia gets super pissed because she didn't realize that Evelyn would sleep with Nick and so Evelyn has to go and get an abortion in Mexico And also, Evelyn sees this as protecting Celia more than herself, which I didn't like. Like, this is where kind of their dynamic was splitting apart a little bit. Because I was like, Evelyn, yes, like, you could end up with a man and be happy. And so, yes, you are protecting Celia, but you're also protecting your own reputation. And don't pretend that you're not, right? Like, if you're going to do it, call a spade a spade. You're protecting both of you. And you're the one actually doing it. So, you are protecting your reputation, right? Like, it just their dynamics at the end of this were rough and I was glad kind of that Celia leaves or not because I wanted them to not work out but I think that they were in a place where Celia had to leave otherwise it would have just been bad for the rest of it and then we get into Rex North which this was more of a traditional like when you think of Hollywood kind of marriages like they were both in on it from the beginning it's a total hoax like they do it to sell a movie they're playing love interest in it was very like cliche but after all of the crazy I was kind of here for like a nice chill cliche one except Celia gets engaged and Rex does try at one point to seduce Evelyn but it doesn't work and then 
Rex gets Joy pregnant, and so Evelyn has to fake an affair with Harry to make sure that Rex can go be with Joy and, like, support her and stuff. And, like, that was really fun. I was, like, kind of down with her faking an affair with Harry because we love Harry. He's, like, such a good sweetheart, and I'll talk about him in a little bit, obviously, because the Harry thing is coming up. But also it's interesting seeing the Dawn thing because we see how Dawn doesn't just go away. Like, we learn that he got married to Ruby and he abused Ruby, too, which really sucks. And you see that guilt weighing with Evelyn of, like, maybe if I hadn't spoken up, but also thinking about it like in the 1950s or 60s like if she had spoken up she would have just been vilified so even now women speak up and are vilified so it's just that sucks but then harry does propose and they finally get married for like companionship and a family and we move on to harry and harry's marriage and i love him and i love this dynamic and like it was just the most happy they were and they were all like fun and living it life and it just it was so sweet and cute because celia and evelyn forgive each other in the bathrooms at the oscars which i love and it very much so reminds me of keely and rebecca from ted lasso and how rebecca gives keely the job in the bathroom and keely's like i don't know this is weird like why are you just giving me the job in the bathroom and rebecca's like why are you thinking it's weird because men give each other jobs in the bathroom all the time like it's a, you know the good old boys network like why can't we do it so i don't know why because they're two very different situations but it just reminded me of that and i love the dynamic of this because celia and evelyn are in love and their husbands are in love and they start sending money to lgbtq plus organizations during the stonewall riots and they're living their lives like together but not together and celia is actually on board with evelyn and harry having a baby so they have connor and evelyn takes part in a max movie which this is where it all kind of goes downhill because Celia still wants Evelyn to be a bombshell after Connor because she wants her to bounce back and just like be Celia's Evelyn, not just like Connor's mom. So that was kind of, I was like, look, her relationship is obviously going to change if she has a kid. You can't like expect it to say the same the entire time. And so it starts getting weird. And the movie she's taking place in is opposite fucking Don Adler, which sucks. And then Don, it's like kind of nice that he apologizes and he's sober and they can be, you know, not friendly or not friends, but friendly. So that dynamic happens. But then Evelyn, being Evelyn, being the ambitious Slytherin Evelyn that she is, pushes the envelope on the sex scene and lies to Celia about it, pretending that she asked permission and Celia says no. And she's like, well, unfortunately, I've already done it. And so she has to like admit it, obviously, because she can't just say, oh yeah, well, I did it. And so Celia can't deal with that. And it ends up being the end of their relationship, which really sucks because then right after this, John dies and Harry starts getting drunk about it to deal with his things and his feelings. And, you know, Evelyn does use the movie to get Harry out of bed, and she finally wins an Oscar, which in the midst of all of this craziness, she wins an Oscar, which is like, I, I mean, I'm happy for her, but like, she didn't need the Oscar. And it was just like this really weird thing of like, she's going through a bunch of shit, but she's, you know, peaking at her career. And then her and Max finally kiss that night of the Oscars. So she's cheating on Harry, which her and Harry aren't even really together, but cheating and... He proposes via a card and flowers, and then they hook up again, so Evelyn finally agrees to get married. And this was really weird. I was, like, not really a fan of the Max marriage because then we get into the Max marriage and we learn that he only really loves the idea of Evelyn. And finally, 
Celia and Evelyn are exchanging letters, and Celia references the tooth chipping incident, and Evelyn goes out to LA to meet her, but then Max finds the letter, (sighs) fucking Max, and threatens to out her, but Evelyn goes anyways to LA, and we learn that Celia has emphysema, and at most 10 years to live, which, um, damn, really damn, because, yeah, it just, like, after everything that they've been through, for this to how be how it ends, sucks. But then Harry can't go. There's this plan to go to Europe, and Harry can't go because he found a man that he loves. And then he drinks and drives and crashes his car, killing both himself and the man he loves. And Evelyn ends up staging it to look like the man was driving alone which sucks completely sucks especially knowing how that ends but like that sucks so hard and that was where I was like okay the strategy thing has gone past it because now you're like putting somebody else's reputation and family life and everything in the way of it too right it's not just like what you're doing to somebody else and like using one person who's like in Hollywood and understands that kind of thing or like you're using Harry when Harry fully knows what you're doing right it was like actually doing something to somebody else that didn't know and so that really really sucked but then Connor ends up going super wild after Harry dies so they finally do move to Spain and Evelyn gets married to Robert Jameson who is Celia's brother so that's how it makes it seem okay when they move because she's married to Celia's brother and It is nice to see Evelyn in Spain feeling free to speak Spanish and she's like has kind of an infinite, infinite, intimate like just for them kind of marriage with Celia who ends up dying six years later which really sucks but Robert is really cool and helps Connor get a job and he dies and then Connor dies at of breast cancer which really sucks like Evelyn's gone through so much freaking shit in her life but this really felt like this was very much the end but it was like one after another we were learning things out right learning things out finding things out because they like go and then we're getting updates we're like oh yeah Robert was like great to Connor and helped her get a job and stuff and then he died and then Celia died and then Connor died and this because we're wrapping everything up is where we learn about Harry's boyfriend or lover being Monique's dad and the fact that Monique always blamed her dad for his death because he drove drunk but we find out that he didn't and we see a letter from her dad about how her dad loved Monique so much that he was like I can't go to Spain because I have a daughter and I need to be here for her like it just it just and then Evelyn we learn has breast cancer and is doing this book and then sending everyone away so she can die on her own terms which is why she picked Monique because Monique did a story about people and assisted suicide and the dignity in it and then it ends with an excerpt of Monique's biography so the last part was very like epilogue-y because we're getting the wrap-up to everything so to wrap up this episode it was so 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 good I'm glad I finally got around to reading it definitely definitely lives up to the hype like I've read a couple bookstagram books like um Song of Achilles and what's the other one I read I swear to God, I ran another one before Song of Achilles that like, oh, Midnight Library that like everybody on Bookstagram loved, but I was not a huge fan of, but this one definitely lived up to the hype. It would make a 
good movie too especially like seeing all the different decades in Hollywood and all the different fashion and all the different injury like it would just be so good as like a movie or as a show like I can really see them doing it and I really hope they do and I think um I don't know why but I'm seeing like Anya Taylor-Joy being in it because she's like Argentinian Argent she's from Argentina I think or her family is but she's like pretty white so you could do that kind of like she speaks Spanish like that kind of thing or because like Evelyn's no, but Evelyn's darker, so you would need somebody else. But, like, kind of that, I feel like that kind of vibes of, like, Anya Taylor-Joy kind of vibes for the actress. Like, it would be just so good. And, like, it's such an interesting story because on one hand, it's, like, seeing everything she did to keep her image was really interesting. But on the other hand, you see how difficult it was to keep actual genuine relationships, and that strains it. So it's, like, so hard because I'm, like, I want to see all the strategy, but also I feel so freaking bad because she's doing all the strategy, and then she's, like, breaking up with Celia a million times because they can't get their shit together and stuff. And so it's, like, it's so good and just such this wild ride, but I loved it so much. And once again, I have to shout out Self-Indulgence Book Club. Hopefully, girls, if you're listening to this, we can start back up again and maybe read another book together, but... It was so fun, and I loved it. So, yeah. I have been Maya Ghosh, and this has been my take on The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo by Taylor Jenkins Reid. Thanks for listening. So we're kind of a one-woman show here at My Take, so the credits are not going to be very long. This podcast is produced and edited um, by me. I do all of my own social media. The only person I really have to thank is one of my great friends, Paris, who did the music that is in the intro and that you're listening to now. So thank you, Paris, and thank you all for listening. You can reach me at underscore my take on Twitter and Instagram. And please leave a rate or review wherever you listen to this podcast. That helps a ton. So yeah, thanks for listening.